Hello and welcome to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morgan Birch and I'm your host. I am the author of 11 books. I am a CEO of 12 years. I am a startup founder that looked at rivaling social networks such as Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram that was set on data privacy. I am an elite performance coach of near 18 years having traveled through parts of Europe, North America and Australia working with some of the world's best developmental athletes. And I am the world's leading scientist on coach and athlete performance, using tennis as a blueprint that has uncovered how to develop top 10 rankings, which is incredibly exciting, which scientifically we really didn't know if it was possible. So it was something that was distinctively and specifically found. And all of my work to date has centered around sharing how specifically we really can develop top 10 rankings and there are pathways that are backed by data and that is I guess what Beyond Top 10 Tennis is all about. Um, My work also includes mitigating injuries through to those pathways. Um, I'm also the scientists behind the theories such as the optimal performance theory, uh, the rule of transference, the V by Dr. B, and I've coined such terms as the barrier breaker through to the golden rule along with many others. All right, each episode we'll look at um, one of my books that has been released and we'll delve a bit deeper into the key sections uh, to deliver additional insights that we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and discuss even deeper. Today's book that we're going to be delving into is The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success a comprehensive discussion on developing elite coaches and players. Um, We are up to episode five. So thank you so much for sticking with us, bearing with us as we're learning the ropes. And I guess as always, I promise we we, will get there. Um, If you would like to follow along uh, today, we are on page 47. And today's topic is, I mean, look, I know I'm a little bit biased here. Okay, maybe a bit more than a little. Uh, this, this is a very important topic that is also close to my heart and it's around player behavior. Um, so it's player behavior. Yes, it's your responsibility as their coach. So today we're really going to dive into, I guess, the underlying um, frameworks about responsibility, which really, I guess, if you've listened to prior episodes, it's all um, external, internal, so it all crossovers into everyday life. And I'm very big at sharing that, irrespective if you are a coach, a parent, or the athlete or player, is that you are also an individual. 
you are not just a player, you're not just an athlete, or you are not just a parent or a coach. You are an individual, you are a human, and so we like humanizing the approach as well, because irrespective if you are immersed in your sport of choice, and in this case it is tennis, um, you are also an individual. And a lot of lessons that we can learn on court, or on field, or in the pool, it's also in life. And I guess we really have um, the data that backs that up in the best possible ways. And if you can practice these behaviors um, on a daily basis, not only does it make you um, a better athlete, player, coach, it transitions um, back into your daily habits and behaviors that also help you excel, I guess, in other aspects of life. The age-old saying, leading by example, could not be truer in the realm of sports coaching. Sure, we've all heard the do as I say, not as I do phrase, which also has its place in the coach-athlete relationship. However, player behaviour and how a coach's behaviour sets the benchmark and expectations for and from their players is a vital proponent of this relationship. This is a, a it's just so big um, and it's a significant topic in respect that whether you are that coach or even parent or you know that, that mentor irrespective of your role it's acknowledging that you have people or a person or a child that looks up to you and whether you put your hand up for it or not you are a role model and there are certain responsibilities that come in varying different shapes and forms when you take on that responsibility and you know if you don't want that responsibility then step aside then choose a different career a different career path because if you are in the world of coaching you are a role model to that athlete you're working with the players you're working with you are not their best friend and that is such an important topic I see so many coaches, you know, look, whether we're in Australia, we're in Europe or we're in North America, irrespective or somewhere else in the world, that it's not about being incredibly wonderful friends with them. Uh, boundaries are important, but it's also acknowledging that these athletes look up to you. Obviously, when you get to a certain age, uh, the dynamics can change, but we're going to focus essentially on that developmental stage or to work, um, towards the late teen years where athletes are the most impressionable. But also, it's still acknowledging that early 20s um, as well. Um, so you could have a developmental player that's number one in the country or you could have a player that does not even have a ranking at all. They're just starting. You could have a player that's just embarked on the top 100 on the WTA or ATP tour, or you could currently have a top 10 player. And all of these players are aged under that, let's say, 25 year age bracket. 
and I'm just using a 25 as a ball mark here because it obviously goes higher and specifically at that demographic is it's quite extensive but you are still a role model they still have their parents that they look up to for advice you are still learning the world even though you can be classed as an adult 18 plus you are still grasping your concept of the world you are still ascertaining your world views so on and so forth and that's a, another topic that's very broad very in-depth and detailed though it's about acknowledging that these children or that child or that athlete or that player the individual looks up to you and you know what if you're honest hopefully with yourself there's a good part of you that's still learning that's still grasping your worldview and it could constantly be changing and that's wonderful that that's a very healthy uh, mind frame to have and to continuously i guess be conscious of but it's also being equally conscious of your impact to the people you're dealing with or working with um, partnering with on a day-to-day -day or weekly regular basis and that with that relationship dynamic does come that responsibility and we we see that so often of that responsibility either not being acknowledged or the line being you know really blurred where it's like best buddies friendships great we're doing the best thing whereas that's not the case it's being mindful of the role you have and i guess the certain behaviors and characteristics that you're helping shape in that um, given player and or athlete too often coaches overlook their role in a player's life and the responsibility they have to that player when they accept to take them on board to coach them and that is it's a huge thing when you start coaching or working with a new player or athlete it's integral that you are conscious of this that you acknowledge the different personalities there the current behaviors just the, just the different dynamics that are at play and that you consciously make that decision that you're going to take them under your wing and it makes a phenomenal coach if you're able to say you know what yes i've got this i can take them under my wing and i, I am prepared for what's what's ahead but it equally takes a phenomenal coach to say you know what i am not at the stage yet or i do not have those skills and i really need to upskill here before i can take this type of you know player or athlete on board it's really about um, having an awareness around that and yourself and the responsibilities that these entail if you're really in it um, for the right reasons um, which essentially we're talking about um, an athlete player coming to you saying this is my key objective um, which could be as broad as I want to be a professional athlete it could be as specific as I want to be a top 10 tennis player um, or it equally could be I would like to learn the sport and progress and see how far I go irrespective of their you know their current goal it's about being conscious of whatever that is, having a healthy conversation with them around that, but also how far you believe you can get them before I guess you need to regroup and rethink. Um, it's integral here to 
maintain that level of integrity where you're not just taking them along for the ride. Please, please be mindful of that because there are so many coaches out there that, uh, look, if you're listening, I know, all right? I can see you and I've seen you on court and I've also have seen the countless players and athletes who you have blindsided along with the parents. And it's so important to just hold on to that integrity because we are in a world where it is continuously, let's say, misplaced to be nice, uh, consciously misplaced. Um, And we're talking about the dreams, essentially, of these children. And I know children, it's a very um, broad term, irrespective if you're that 14, 15, 16-year-old, but equally you are that player athlete. And being conscious of that, if, if you come to a coach and say, I'm currently nationally ranked, I want to get my first ranking points. Or, you know what, in four years' time, I would like to have a shot at the Olympic trials. It's making sure that there is a cohesive relationship there and a skill acknowledgement to say, I think I can get you there. Let's work on it together. And if you don't have, I guess, the necessary skills or there are those evident gaps there to make that commitment to work towards that and to really have that open dialogue between yourself as a coach and or player and the other side, coach and or player, and to, to really move forward with that end point in mind. Essentially, by taking a player on board, you as the coach are taking them under your wing, whether you like it or not. This is how it works. This is what it means to be a good coach. And this basic form of guidance should be and is embedded in a good coach's pedagogy. Uh, Recap from previous episodes, coaching pedagogy, let's look at it as your framework and the different aspects that you incorporate in that. Obviously, learning is fundamental and upskilling in there um, and just acquiring a a new knowledge and a more robust knowledge base. Um, But we're really looking at the guidance and that being a coach is integral to be that guide. And if you're one of the parents out there, this is also um, a fundamental element because you are also your child's guide. Because when it comes down to it, they're not really understanding what their coach is saying. Hopefully, they're going to come to you. And then if you're not really understanding what's going on, then hopefully you're going to go back to the coach. And so recall that just relationship dynamic where it's made up of three, whereas the coach, it's the player or athlete, and it's the parent and or guardian. And there's the three of you that have this, they interplay in this relationship dynamic to make sure each person is heard. There's mutual respect there and that each person knows that they can go to one or the other to look at where we're going, where we're heading, but also to really delve into, I guess, any problems that could arise, work out different solutions and so on. But bringing it back to that guide 
it's integral that you have those skills, which also, I guess, crosses over, of course, to being a role model. But guiding that player and or athlete is fundamental because we are also looking at, again, that age bracket where, sure, they might tell you, (laughs) they know where they're going and good, but it's also your responsibility to nudge them or just help them shift course if needed and to have those discussions around it opposed to ignoring it there are so many coaches out there that will ignore it and just go no this is just what we're doing and they ignore the the end point where they want to go and they just want to focus on okay this is all we're doing and that's not what um, it's about and it's not what that guidance is about it's being available to have those discussions to start before this can even eventuate, before a coach can take a player under their wing, they need to acknowledge their role as a coach. This requires the coach to become aware of the pivotal position they hold in a player's life and why and how their very behaviors set the standards for how their player can behave. Um, this is a very big one. I know I've said that a lot, but it's, it's a big one. And this is in respect to if you're a coach and you go out, um, partying every weekend, just ask yourself if you are setting, I guess, (laughs) that healthy precedent for your athlete, um, who needs to get up, you know, at 6am the next morning to, get to their tournament or event. Uh, Likewise for the parent, if you are going out every other evening, coming home late, are you making yourself available for your child um, to have those maybe your potential necessary discussions? And that availability is a big thing. And look, if you aren't, okay, I'll, I'll play along. I'll say, all right, I can, I can understand that. Though, who else is available? Because if you're not available, um, if you have to work longer hours and you're just, you're not, then who else is? Because then maybe the person who is needs to be then involved in that dynamic. So let's go back to that triangle. And if no one is available, if you're not available and they don't have someone else, how do you think that makes them feel? Because again, you took on this responsibility, you took them under your wing. So it's your responsibility. What are you going to do about it? You could just put your hands in your pockets and walk away. And hopefully um, everyone listening, you're shaking your head because that is essential that is not what the associated behavior of a wonderful well-rounded athletes and their triangle reflects it's about having those key people in place and if you are not available it is integral to be able to share that and be honest with the player or athlete and say that you are not and even better if you can find them that next coach who really is 
If you become unhappy or disagree with your player's behavior, even though you are aware that you personally behave this way because you're allowed to, you have no ground to stand on. Your integrity is void. And integrity is a key ingredient in a top coach's pedagogic practices. And this is, it's again, a a very significant aspect of a coach's dynamic here because I know we get swept up in the saying which I shared earlier is do as I say not as I do and I'm sure we all have you know our parents voices in our heads who have said this to us at some point throughout our life or maybe thousands of points and it's really important to be mindful that if you do want to take it light-hearted okay you can you can play with that though let's not be mistaken that your behaviors will be copied your words will be copied which also means if you start dropping f-bombs they're going to be copied If you start walking on court without your laces done up, there's a very good chance your athlete's going to start doing the same. If you start texting when you are on the field, there's a very good chance your player's going to slip their phone in their back pocket and they're going to text when they get a chance. There's obviously a lot of examples there and little, I guess, idiosyncratic behaviors that can, I guess, come about some you'll be conscious of others not so though really when you see a behavior in your child and or athlete you need to just just pause for a second or challenge yourself to take a step back and ask yourself are those your behaviors because nine times out of ten they're being reflected back to you and it makes I guess it's a very good opportunity to have a look in the mirror to say is this the type of athlete or player I want to be known for developing? Is this the type of player, if they've come to me and they said they want to get inside the top 50 within the next two years, are these behaviours synonymous with that type of athlete? There's There's a very good chance the answers there are no. And then it's about how can we change that? How can we reshape that? How can we redirect that? And that's where it comes down to going. We can set out these new behaviors that are, yes, synonymous with these type of results by simply guiding the player, reflecting back, going, okay, if I've been doing this, okay, I need to switch. I need to stop that. And right. And it's just being conscious of the type of example you are setting for that player and or athlete. And it's for the obviously the parents out there as well. And to then discuss with that player or athlete certain behaviours you've noticed, take the responsibility, put your hand up and say, I acknowledge I've been setting maybe not the best example, but let's get better together. Integrity provides a platform or backing, if you like, for coaches to discipline their players if they step out of line, 
which the majority of players will do on at least one occasion, more likely quite a few more. This platform supports and identifies with the coach's behaviour because the coach knows how they personally behave and what they can expect them from their players. It's probably very important here to, I guess, touch on that word discipline because discipline obviously comes in varying shapes and forms. If you are a coach, let's just touch back with the parents as well from, I guess, the athletes or players understanding around this. Um, But discipline when we're, I guess, in the coaching world can look from the likes of not coaching, missing a coaching session, if that's something that is fundamental to them. It could be withdrawing them from a competition. Um, It could be the likes of certain physical fitness that they're not a big fan of. Though that is something I think typically is not encouraged only because it can have a negative association. And we really want athletes or players to have a healthy association with their performance opposed to not. And if discipline begins to be associated with certain, I guess, activities, then there is a very high risk there that that negative connotation could arise. So try to step out of the box and look at things that I guess that player or athlete really values when it comes to their performance and then, all right? So we use discipline, I guess, in that respect, uh, being very conscious of limiting, hopefully um, avoiding any uh, negative um, associations. Take, for example, timeliness. If a coach is always early for his or her sessions, they can expect the same from their players. If the player rocks up late without any valid reason, and you know, we're all human, something legitimate may have happened, the coach is in a position to discipline the player and the player will maintain their respect for his or coach. Now, I know that's a very simple one, but also probably very important um, or a stepping stone there because that is a very good example of showing up on time, setting the really good behaviors in a very simplified format. You will get countless other behaviors that are literally off the charts. Though if we recall or go back to the importance of our own behaviors and setting the example, that's where I guess that importance comes in to just reshaping those healthy behaviors or the behaviors you expect in your developing player and your athlete. And you could be a top 20 player, there are still behaviors that you can constantly develop. You could be that parent, um, a seasoned executive, all right, you've done incredibly well throughout your entire career. There's still going to be different aspects, um, whether it's personally or professionally, that we can all continuously develop. And I'm putting my hand up there, that's including myself. After all, they are his or her coach, not their friend. However, if the coach is always running late and the player is always either on time or early, would you still hold this coach in the same regard? I know I wouldn't. 
And I think that's a, it's a very important and it really rehashes what we've shared um, about having those behaviours reciprocated or acknowledged and the level of mutual respect that's present and that you aren't best friends. You are in a mutually respected relationship there, whereas the coach's responsibility is to coach that player or athlete and the player or athlete's responsibility is to listen to what their coach has to say and to apply it and to practice it and to work I guess cohesively as a team to get to I guess their key objective irrespective of what they are working on. A lot of these coaches lack discipline with their players by not setting and leading by example. This leads to a lack of respect by the player and a weakened coach-athlete relationship. Why? Often it is because these types of coaches want to become friends with their players. And I think that is um, a very big one and an important um, topic there that we're going to um, finish up on. Though also we have touched on it, though it's just, it's repeated irrespective of where I've been, what centre I've been, what coach I've overlooked or worked with, um, all the parents that I've seen and the feedback that's been given and the varying levels of players. That is a common mistake that is just consistent throughout. And it is, it's fundamental. Obviously, the younger the uh, coach is, they become more susceptible to that. Um, but it's, that's not necessarily the case also. There, there's always, I guess, r- um, rules to the exception or exceptions right to the rule. And though it's important to acknowledge, I guess, that you are a role model and the associated behaviours that come with that and that that line between best friends, that's, that's a huge no. Obviously, if you are a parent that coaches your child, that is a very complex dynamic to navigate around on one hand but then on the other not so much because that level of respect hopefully is already there and a really healthy level of rapport obviously as you get older and they get older that friendship model will develop that's just a natural progression however it's integral that when you are on the court, field, pool, regardless, when you are, I guess, in that coaching zone, that it flicks. It's like a switch and it flicks because they know it's, it's game time. And it's so important to establish those boundaries and to condition athletes and players to be conscious of that, but also for the coach to to be conditioned to acknowledge this. If you are a coach that prefers to be best friends with your player or athlete, I'd really want you to take a close look to see if this is the career that you really want because it is a a significant disservice to those players and or athletes you're working with and it's fundamental to obviously have the right people in the game when we're talking about developing top 10 players 
these children, athletes, players have those um, aspirations. They come to the coach. The coach is the role model that has those behaviors that impart on the players, athletes. And the parents are there to also put their hand up to acknowledge that they know. And parents, you are responsible for navigating that maze, making sure your child chooses the right coach, that you are a part of identifying the right coach for them. And not every coach is suitable for every child. There's varying or there are different dynamics suitable for each individual child player or athlete and we'll we'll finish on that because that's a very uh, loaded and interesting topic to really consider. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, If you would like a copy of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, please head on over to AM8 International. That's am8international.com. Links will be in the bio. Uh, For any questions or comments, again, head on over to AMA International um, or go on over to Topic Thread. That's topicthread.com. It is the only social network that I am on. Um, Or if you'd like something different and a look at my fictional release, head on over to Pink Octopus Books. That's pinkoctopusbooks.com. I will leave, again, all the links in the bio and in the show notes. Um, If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, follow, like. Um, That would be absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so grateful that you are here and listening. Um, The more of you that do, the easier we'll be to find. And who knows, one day, just maybe, you'll be verging on the top 10. And so will your primary rival. And what a cool story it would be to share that both of you will listen to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. I couldn't think of anything more wonderful. Um, On that note, I am your host, Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Top 10 Tennis, and I'll see you next time.